My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. John Thomas, back in the building. Be more today. Show episode 96. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. And folks, 96 episodes. It's amazing. I appreciate all of you for on season three of the Be More Today show. Again, now heard in uh, 19, well, actually, it's 63 countries. I checked this morning. 63 countries, 19,000 downloads. So it's incredible the journey that this show has taken. Uh, over the last few years, just bringing on, again, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And every single week, we bring on someone else who is sharing a story of triumph, of resilience, uh, showing you that they, too, are being more today. And if you want to learn more about Be More Today, as you already know, BeMoreToday.com has everything you need for my book. Um, our swag store is open for business with our gaiters and our sweatshirts and our hoodies and everything else that you need to keep going on the move. And of course, our workouts are on Be More Today on YouTube. So if you want to get a workout in or looking for some more inspiration, check out us on YouTube, Be More Today, and find all the things you need to keep moving forward. You will not be disappointed. Our quote for today is simple as always. People do not decide, people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures by F.M. Alexander. People do not decide their futures, right? Their habits actually do. And I saw this quote and I said, you know what? That's very, very poignant because it lets us know that no matter where you're from, what you're going through, who you are, what you look like, right? We all think we can decide our futures, right? If we do this, that may actually happen. But the future is not really uh, in our in our grasp. What we can do every single day is work on our habits and work on little things that will get us better prepared for what happens in the future. Uh, whether it's a diagnosis you may have or whether it's a job you're trying to get into, a profession you're trying to get into, those small habits, those consistent habits make bigger differences in the long run. And my guest on the show today is the embodiment of that. She is someone who has uh, decided to take her future into her own hands and has done little habits along the way to make sure that her future is going to be in her control. And her name is Barbara Wiseman. Now I'm going to read her bio as she wrote it, which starts as, when I graduated high school in 2001, I weighed 250 pounds. 
and was clinically morbidly obese. I was literally killing myself eating so much and leading a life of inactivity. But my first semester of college, I decided that I was in charge. And with healthier diet options and regular exercise, I lost almost 100 pounds. I graduated and got married in 2004, uh, became a physician assistant in 2007, and by 2013 had three children. 15 years from my high school graduation, I completed my first half marathon in Miami. I didn't know if anyone, including myself, thought that I could finish. And in the summer of 2016, we moved to L.A. And since then, I have uh, pursued even more challenging athletic events, including five L.A. marathons, the NYC Marathon in 2019, and a Spartan and Tough Mudder Challenge. On a whim suggestion from someone, I met at a race expo, and who doesn't love race expos, right? I signed up for my first triathlon sprint, even though I had never swam in the open water. And my first open water swim was two days before the race, and I was terrified. Since then, I have completed three sprint triathlons. The past fall, I completed my first Olympic distance triathlon. And even though I was last in my age group, I was so incredibly proud of what I had accomplished. Every marathon has taught me invaluable lessons in physical and mental training and perseverance. And in my most recent race in this past March, I can humbly say I did not hit the wall. I am not fast, but I am keeping showing that up to the workouts, right? Sometimes I may set my alarm and super early just to squeeze in the workout before my scheduled patients, but I'm able to swim in the ocean and see the sunrise every single time. Many of my friends don't get it, but I know that after these years, I have not only kept the weight off, but gained muscle and been able to promote a healthy lifestyle all while accomplishing many of the craziest athletic events uh, with a smile and sometimes while even rocking a pink Tutu. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage, episode 96 guests, my friend and LA's finest, Barbara Wiseman. Barbara, what is going on? Good morning. You can hear me all right, yeah? Absolutely. All absolutely. right. That was such a nice intro and so many of the things that you pointed out really, really aligns with what I strive for my patients, um, for my family, and for myself. Like just small steps, a lot of planning. My friends all make fun of me, but I love to plan. I mean, there's a bunch of quotes all about planning, but it, it really just comes down to what do you want and how can you make it work? I love it. And, you know, you and I, uh, have similar mindsets. We live several lives in terms of uh, having patient caseloads and and families. And you know, I, I met you uh, inadvertently through your dad, um, as I, I see him sometimes for physical therapy on my own, and have for now for a couple of years. But all I've ever heard them say, uh, your mom or your dad, is about what Barbara's doing. Barbara's running this, so you run too. Or Barbara's doing this, so you run too. Or Barbara's swimming this. And I said, well, I gotta meet Barbara then, don't I? And we connected, we connected on social media and um, we both ran LA, the LA Marathon. And I'm mad that we didn't get a chance to link up, although there were so many people there, so it was almost impossible for us to do that. But it does seem like you and I live similar lives. And I had to have you on the show because I wanted to hear from your perspective, the story and, and you know, what really drives you uh, to do all these things. And, you know, reading your bio, I'm, I'm super impressed, even more recognizing the history um, only because, you know, you've done so many things and had so many things stacked up against you, but you've been so resilient. And 
you know, I know that you decided that your future is going to be in your hands when you recognize that this weight gain thing was a serious thing. What sparked you? Because many people have this issue, right? Where they kind of say, you know what, forget it. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. What sparked you to put this thing into your hands and drove you to say that enough was enough? I don't think it was, re- I mean, I don't think it was such an epiphany where enough was enough. Um, I graduated high school. I was dorming in Manhattan. And instead of my mom or my parents cooking food, I had a calf card. I had to walk to class. If I didn't get to class, you know, it was on me. Everything was on me. If I, no one was asking me if I did my homework. Uh, no one was asking me, did I get food or anything like that? It was all up to me. So I started making some small choices, trying new foods at the cafeteria. They had a salad bar. You could try things, um, different kinds of food. They had, uh, I mean, it was honestly unintentional weight loss in the beginning. I was just being more active. I was walking around Manhattan, exploring the city alone with my new friends. Um, And (laughs) I would come home for the weekend and I noticed that like some of my clothes were kind of falling off. And I didn't even like my skirt was like a little bit loose. So I just, you know, pull it in a little bit more or the drawstring waist I started. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, uh, this is nice. And people were making some comments. Oh, wow, you're doing so great in college. How is it going? You look great. And I was like, okay, I look great. Okay, cool. How can I continue doing this? So I, again, just there's so many things in Manhattan that you can do for free. And as a broke college student, I would just go for walks for an hour, just hanging out. And it didn't hurt. I didn't need any special equipment. I didn't need headphones and clearly didn't need all the things that I have now for my races. I just went for a walk and had fun. I wasn't thinking about weight loss. Um, And then I would say maybe my second year, I found the very small gym in our dorm. You would be... (laughs) It was very small. I think I found like a stepper and I I would watch TV and I would go on the machine for like half hour or an hour and just have fun. And when it didn't feel fun, I would stop and I would get all sweaty, take a shower, feel great. Um, And it just started snowballing like, okay, great. I did 20 minutes one day. Can I do half hour next? Um, We had to take gym classes as part of our college education. So one of them, I took this aerobics class, which was really fun because I grew up taking um, dance classes all my, I mean, probably since third grade on. So that was really fun to get active again. Um, I took fencing for one semester. That was really interesting. Uh, Did not have that opportunity growing up. So that was really fun. Um, But overall, I would say the bulk of my weight loss was in college. Um, And I think it was a lot of lifestyle changes with regards to eating and preparing food and um, not as much on, you know, the physical activity. I was more active, but I wasn't saying, oh, I need to wake up right now so I can get my workout in. It was more of how did it flow in my schedule as being a new college student with freedom. That's that's incredible. I, I took that a number of things. You know, it, it seemed like it was not stressful. I think a lot of people get lost when they want to see a change and they feel like they have to do certain things. They have to go to the gym. They have to get a trainer. They have to go to this class. But for you, it seemed very much like, oh, I'm just going to do this because it feels right. When I'm done doing that, I'm going to stop. 
And I think that's, I mean, just from my perspective, it seemed like that was probably an easier transition for you to get these things done because there was no pressure to get it done. You were doing it because you wanted to do it. And it seemed like you actually enjoyed it and found other things you enjoyed during that same journey just to make it even more uh, impactful and more effective. So that that's a game changer for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of the training, and I'm sure we'll talk about all the crazy races that we've both done and things that I've signed up for. Yes, workouts now can tend to be a little bit more stressful and sometimes more painful afterwards, but it's all in the realm of having fun. I mean, you could just look up any kind of marathon meme. And one of my favorite ones is like, why do people pay, uh, you know, a race fee to, to run? Like, is someone running after you? All these funny things. And I was like, no, no one's running after me. I think it's fun. And when I don't think it's fun, uh, maybe I'll take a break or I'll transition to something else. Yeah, yeah I think I mean, that's the beauty of it. Because, you know, when I was in college, we, we had to do certain things that was on the track team, or whatever else we had to run, we had to compete, we had to do these things. But at this point of our lives, it's all optional. It's mm-hmm. all optional stuff. So if you don't want to do it, or it's stressful for you, that's one thing. But usually people do it because they enjoy it. Uh, or they enjoy the community, or they enjoy the camaraderie, or, you know, getting the medal, rocking the t-shirt, what have you. And, um, you know, my, my next question for you now segues into you doing these walking activities and you being in this small gym in school. And then clearly you started living your life. You know, you became a PA, um, physician assistant, and then clearly got married, had these kids, raising the family. And all of a sudden now you're doing a half marathon in Miami. So where <laughs> did that come from? Because, you know, I, I know how I got into half marathon because I was like, I'm going to run the marathon. They said, I got to start training for these things. Let me hop into the Brett Lebo half. And that was in 2017. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But um, I'm curious for everyone else who, you know, like you, who may have started doing half marathon runs for the first time, what sparked that initial time to say, you know what, let me go and do this thing and see how it goes? Um, it was a dare. It's all started with a dare. Um, I would say probably around when my, my oldest daughter was born. So around <clears throat> 2008 or so. Um, We were settling into New Jersey, getting into our life together as a physician assistant, as a family, and we joined a local gym. So I would take classes there, Zumba, always my favorite. Um, At some point or another, I started working out with a trainer a little bit, but nothing too heavy, maybe half hour, once or twice a week. And I would just kind of go on the elliptical and it was my time, my escape. Um, One of my friends in the community um, who I haven't actually spoke to in many years, she was like, you know what, let's go run a mile. I was like, okay, that sounds not fun at all. So she met me at my house and we walked, I'm sorry, we ran for a mile, like around the blocks until we got back to my house. It was not pretty. I sounded like an animal was dying. I was breathing so hard, but she's like, okay, you did it. And I was like, and I stopped at the, when we got back to my house and I was like, oh, we, we, we did a mile? Like, cool. Like, I didn't die. Okay, fine. Uh, then I was talking to one of my other friends who is a run Disney fanatic. And she's like, oh, I've done these run Disney half marathons. They're so fun. And I was like, okay, but I'm not crazy like that. I'm not going to do a half marathon. I just ran a mile. I'm done. It happened to be that January of 2016, we had booked a family vacation to Miami And I was just looking around to see what was going on then, you know, activities for the children. And I saw that it was the same weekend as Miami half marathon and marathon. 
So I looked to my husband who at this point I had run one mile once. And I was like, I want to sign up for this race. It'll only take a few hours. Just watch the kids, um, you know, in the hotel room, you don't have to do anything. I'll wake up early. I'll get there. You know, I saw we're pretty close to the start line when the race is over. Shouldn't take a while. No biggie, just a half marathon. I'll be back in the room and we'll have the rest of the week to have fun on vacation. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? How much is this race? And I'm like, okay, you know, we'll figure this out. And we signed up for the race. I started training. I think my longest run was seven or eight miles. I had a pair of sneakers that weren't properly sized for me looking back. Um, I had a workout outfit um, and headphones. I had no idea about race nutrition. I had no idea why people were holding gels. Um, All of it was beyond me. I finished the race and it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, a few hours later. (laughs) um, Yeah. It was was mind blowing. That's amazing. You know, it it makes you remember just how uh, invigorating running can really be. And you know, the, the mere fact that you said that you wanted to run 13.1 miles, having only really run one mile. Yeah, never ran an organized run. race before. Yeah. I had no idea about corrals and bibs, all these little things that like we obsess over now. I yeah. knew nothing, nothing. Yeah, that's a big deal. But it also just lets me know that, you know, you have a knack to you. You have some some kind of grit to you that, you know, you, you're, you're someone who no matter what, you're going to you're going to do it. You're going to accomplish that task. And there's a certain amount of fearlessness that goes into that. I think that <laughs> whether you're a runner or a competitor in any kind of thing that, you know, whether you've done it or not, you already decided that you were going to get that thing done and, and you did it. And, you did it. and now you're in a place where you've done so many marathons. I mean, we're talking about from half to full marathons, the five you've run LA, NYC, um, you learn so many things now from the experience, right? About, like you said, nutrition and corrals and shoes to wear and, you know, music versus no music and, you know, what, what to do during the races and after the races and recovery training. And there's so many things. We actually had a show last week about, you know, tips to give to runners who are just trying to get into this thing because it's really a serious thing. If you don't know anything about it, there's so many like little nuances that really go into the running culture, you know, how to get into it, how to do well in it, how to make sure you don't get hurt while doing it, etc. So there are you know, so many things also that you learn along the way. Like if you just Google about running, you'll get yeah. overwhelmed and you'll stop. Right. I didn't, I think to my benefit, I didn't look into all those things and I just started and I walked, I still walk. I still do run walk method. Um, it works for me and that's totally fine. And I adjust things as each run goes, like it could be very overwhelming to start in any sport. I think maybe especially running because people take it very seriously and I do too, but in a fun way, in a happy way. Right. Right. And I, I like that about you because some people do take it too seriously and then it becomes stressful, you know, but I think when you keep the, you keep it light and you keep it fun, then you can actually enjoy what's happening, enjoy the experience. And, you know, whether you PR or not, you know, whether you set those personal goals or not, you're finishing a race, you're doing something that most people are not doing. And, you know, we talk about marathons, that 1% of the population, most people are not doing marathons. There's a lot of people (laughs) who are doing them, but in the greater scheme of things, people aren't doing these things. Like there's a very small percentage of people who are going out there and running these marathons around the world. And we're part of that number, which which is awesome, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So what's one of the biggest things you've taken from all the things you've learned from, 
doing these races and, and these experiences, just in terms of running, um, what's one of the things you can share with the listeners about one of the things you've learned about yourself from these experiences? Wow, wow hard question. Um, I mean, don't take it too seriously. Like you said, you can Google and start going down a rabbit hole. And one person will say, you should do this training method. Uh, there's another training method. You should run. No, you should run faster. You should do temper. I'm sure that people will laugh that I don't research as much as I probably should. Um, I have a very good group of friends here. Actually, when we moved to LA, I actually blamed them for the reason I started running marathons. I was totally content running half marathons. I ran a few in New Jersey. It was great. Then we moved to LA. I make new friends and I'm sitting at the table over the weekend and uh, one of these uh, guys who now I'm very good friends with my friend's wife, uh, husband says to me, hey, uh, you know, what do you, what do you do? I was like, oh, well, I run halves. He's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to be doing a triathlon, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But he's like, yeah, and we also signed up. We're going to be doing LA Marathon. I was like, okay, cool. Like, so you guys run, you've done halves. They're like, no, we've never done half marathons before. We're just going to sign up for this LA Marathon because it sounds cool. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I just moved here. I don't really know you. This sounds crazy. I do halves. You can do the full. A few weeks later, a month, I don't even know how long. He's like, so are you going to sign up with us? So it's literally me and like four other guys. And he's like, we're going to sign up. We're going to do this. Come on. It'll be fun. And I was like, no, no. Of course I signed up. (laughs) I mean, how am I going to say no? Also, I mean, I'm up for the challenge. Um, and since then I would say, yeah, 2017, we have been teasing, smack talking, slash encouraging, um, I would say the same group of guys and me, um, yes, please. We need more women in my community or in the sport in general. Um, and we just egg each other on, encourage each other. I would say some of us have done it all, you know, all the races consecutively, But um, what do I learn? Don't say no. Try and say yes. And yes doesn't mean that I was committing to a lifestyle that I'd be waking up at four in the morning, every morning, running every day. It was just committing to trying something new. And if it didn't work out, I mean, as a healthcare provider, I think I would be smart enough to stop if things, if God forbid I got injured. I would hate to not finish a race. But and thank God I have finished every single race, mostly, um, you know, before they start clearing it up. But, you know, it's all good. It's all part of the experience. Um, But you never know unless you try and say yes. And as long as you do it in a healthy environment um, and have someone kind of out there, you know, to touch base with and to see how your you know, training is going, just go for it. What's the worst that'll happen? I don't know. Have fun. Yeah, that's it. Have fun. I love it. So yeah, let's talk about triathlon training. So, you know, we've talked about triathlon training on the show a couple of times, uh, but it's always been with an asterisk of fear. And, you know, I have a lot of <laughs> listeners who are on the show who are mostly runners or they're bikers. We have some swimmers, but we don't have many who are doing all three. And triathlon training is that thing where you're combining three different um, sports into one. And you know, all in one race at the same day. Yes. So it can be very, very daunting for many people, even myself. I said I wanted to train for one, and I had no problem really thinking about the running or the biking. 
is to open water swim for me. And you, based on your bio, said that you signed up for one of these and you had never really been in open water until two days before the race. Yep. So what was the mindset that you had when you decided to start training for this thing? And how different is the training for triathlons uh, compared to the road races, do you think? Okay, so I also blame one of my friends for triathlon because when I moved here, he said that he was signing up for a triathlon. And I was like, okay, I don't know this guy, but if he can do one, I could totally do one. It was kind of in the back of my mind. Fast forward, I'm at a race expo. And like I said, I love it. You meet new people or people you haven't seen in a few years. Um, And I was at the expo for LA Marathon and there was a sign for the Herbalife um, LA uh, Triathlon. And someone, I guess, I don't know, just a friendly face. And now, I mean, we're actually very good friends. She's like, you know what? You should try it and sign up for the triathlon. I was like, that's really cute. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do, uh, you know, marathons, I try, you know, but no, I don't know. I, that's fine. She's like, no, take my card, email me and we'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, I mean, just put it in the race expo bag with all the other things. Um, it kind of started growing on me. I live in LA. I mean, the first thing, my first LA marathon, that's where I learned about all the different areas in LA. We, you know, run in you know, Chinatown. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Where is this? I had no idea where anything was. I lived in New York. I lived in New Jersey. Um, so it was a you know, fun time to experience new areas of the city. I was like, okay, well, I've never biked in LA before. I literally signed up for a race. I would say maybe two months before I didn't have a bike. I sold my bike before we moved to LA. So and anyways, it would not have been a road bike. Um, I didn't have a wetsuit. I didn't have a tri suit, which actually for a triathlon, you really need equipment. You, I mean, for a race, a marathon, a half marathon, you know, any, you really just need sneakers and then everything else. Obviously your outfit is fine. Headphones, if you want water and nutrition, you can't do a triathlon without a bike in open water swim. Um, in this area, most people wear wetsuits. I had none of them. I was like, and uh, I asked my friend and I was like, well, can I borrow some of your stuff? He was like, yeah, sure. He's like, I think it'll fit. I was like, it only needs to fit for one day. Let's get it on. I tried his, I tried on his wetsuit, which was given to him from another friend, from another friend. I mean, there's some holes in it, but it was fine. The tri suit. I mean, I will admit that I borrowed my friend of a friend's tri suit um, and it, I just knew after finishing that first race that I wanted to get my own gear. <laughs> I, try, I got my friend's road bike, um, who I am not the same height as. I was, in fact, a little taller than them, but I was too embarrassed to ask them if I could adjust the bike because it's his bike and it was an expensive bike. And I was like, I'm just going to go with it. And that's fine. Um, the race was coming up. I was swimming in the pool doing laps, which, by the way, is nothing like swimming in the ocean. It helps you um, get your cardiac fitness in, but obviously a pool does not simulate a wave and none of it simulates passing the break in the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> which is extremely difficult, which is honestly the scariest part of the entire open water swim. Um, and I was messaging this friend back and forth who I had met at the expo. And I was like, well, you know, I'm working, I'm Sabbath observant. I can't come to any of these Saturday meetings. 
Um, I have to take my kids to school. I have to work. Um, I don't know if I can do it. She's like, I will find a time. Um, and on a Friday morning when I wasn't at work, I met a group of people who I still meet on a regular basis. It's a wonderful club that we meet on Friday at six in the morning. We get on and somebody helped me get on the wetsuit. And she literally held my hand the entire time as I tried to pass the break, which took it seemed like an hour, but it was probably only like 10 minutes. It took forever. And I'm screaming, I don't know if I can do this. I can't even pass the break. How am I supposed to swim? I don't think this is going to happen. She's like, just try, just try. Um, so I got home, didn't really tell anyone at home about the not so positive experience. Woke up at probably three in the morning. That was on Friday. So Sunday morning was the race. Woke up at three, four in the morning, you know, the usual race morning drills. Um, got my bike in the car, my friend's bike in the car, all my equipment, and I did it. <laughs> I, I just took each element one at a time. And uh, yeah, thank God the break was not strong. I passed the break. And all I wanted to do was make it in the cutoff time. I would, the only thing I was obsessing over was I have a certain amount of time to get, was it, I think a half, this particular race might have been a half mile swim. Uh, maybe 10, 15 mile bike ride, and then a 5k. So with each one, I just wanted to make it in the time. And I did. Yeah. And I have pictures. Oh, not only do I like race expos and swag, I love race photos. I like professional photos. I like the selfies. And the pictures of me crossing my first triathlon finish line I'm screaming. I'm literally hollering and screaming to anyone or no one. It, it was just incredible. It was an incredible feeling. Oh, that's that's amazing. Listen, there, there are so many things that I took from that, but you know, you you being able to conquer this obstacle that you had never even seen before with all of the things that were stacked against you. I mean, so many people could have said, well, I shouldn't do it because I don't have a wetsuit. I don't have a bike. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't know this. But you were like, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with whatever I have, whatever you can give me or I can <laughs> borrow or I can get from wherever else. I'm going to use those things to get this race done. And, you know, it just, just speaks volumes of your resilience. It speaks volumes of your dedication to say, you know what, I can do anything I put my mind to. And, you know, as, as someone who's also a Sabbath observer, um, I don't know if I shared that with you or I talked to your dad about this a number of times at some of the events is, you know, it's, it's very interesting seeing the communities that come out of these things where there are certain th races you just can't do. Um, right. And there are people who are in that same boat as you clearly because you have Jewish background. So it's, it's also when people who are in those same circles can come together and find their, their niches to find their things that they want to do together. Um, and it brings that sense of community even, even bigger, even stronger, um, I think. And, you know, when it comes to triathlon training, as you just shared, it seems like there's so many more facets to it than just road racing. Um, and as people who are listening to the show, we've been talking about this for a long time. I just hope listeners are, are, are taking tips on the various things they need to do to prepare for doing either a sprint or a, a full triathlon, because it is no jokes. It sounds like it's a lot of, a lot of intensity going into one, one race. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, I mean, one thing I would say, and probably just for anyone um, out there trying something new, you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time or the 10th time. 
Um, yeah. Okay. The wetsuit wasn't great. You know, the bike wasn't, was it, I mean, obviously again, everything in safe way, um, the bike worked. I mean, if the bike had a flat or something, obviously I'm not going to run on a bike that, you know, has a flat tire. Cause that's not safe. I can fall, but I can make do, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, obviously a lot of these races, as you progress, it gets more expensive. A marathon is more expensive than a half marathon entry. A triathlon sprint is more than that. Uh, an Olympic distance, if you're looking at, you know, hopefully, God willing, I'll tell you on my bucket list is a 70.3 half Ironman. Those are even more expensive. There's travel costs. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just try, find something local, you know, make it work for you. Um, yeah. So listen, I know you just completed your first full Olympic distance triathlon this past this past fall. What was that like and how different was it from the sprints you've done in the past? So it's actually a really fun course. It's the LA Triathlon. And I had been working in the ocean and meeting uh, pretty regularly, I would say, with a group of people on Friday mornings. We do the swims. They put the buoys out. They have workouts. Um, I try and complete them. If not, I just try and get a few loops in all at my own pace. I mean, I've called myself the happy turtle, you know, like tortoise in the hair. I'm happy. I'll get there when I get there. It's fine. Other people can go faster than me. And you'll see that a lot in a race. Um, and you'll look to the side and you're like, oh my God, this person passed me. Oh, another person passed me. That's fine. Everyone can pass you. As long as you finish, it doesn't matter who passes you because you're doing the race. And even if, you know, um, the race didn't go, I mean, races don't always go as planned or maybe usually don't go as planned. Maybe they do for you. I don't know. I have all these ideas. And then, you know, something you ate last night didn't work, you know, in your stomach or you forgot to do something or your kid wasn't feeling well and you woke up and now you didn't sleep that well or it's too sunny, or it's too hot, or all these things. You just roll with it, try your best. And I try not to compare myself to myself. Like, oh, I did this race already. I know what's going to happen. Okay, but this time I'm different. You know, how can I roll with that? And, you know, most of the time for the better, sometimes, you know, I've done marathons back to back one year after the other, and I got slower. But maybe the time was slower, but did I train differently? Did I recover better? Okay, great. That was a great, you know, moment that I was able to go for a walk and run with my kids, you know, that afternoon or that, you know, day. Um, with regards to the Olympic triathlon, I was like, screw it. Let's try it. <laughs> I mean, I know that I, at that point, could uh, successfully complete the uh, sprint. So I knew the course. I knew the kind of layout it was. Um, obviously, the swim is a little bit longer, so you have to go, you know, they actually do both on the same day. So you see where the buoys are and you're like, no, that's not your buoy. Your buoy's farther down. I was like, what? I can't even see it. They're like, you'll see it when you start swimming. So it's about a mile swim, which I had done in um, practices. So I was like, okay, cool. I could do a mile swim. Then you get off and do the bike for 25 miles. That one, um, I mean, honestly, I did prepare more for this particular race. They had a trial bike through the course. Um, I mean, obviously, the streets weren't blocked off. It was a few weeks before the race. I went with a group. Um, I actually fell during that race. Huge bruise on my leg. Like, 
I kind of just, we were going off on the curb and my little road bike, you know, the tires are so small. I just got kind of caught in the, you know, where the sidewalk and the driveway is. I tipped over. They're like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Did I break my watch? Obviously, you know, (laughs) am I, I'm okay. Is the bike okay? Is my watch okay? Okay. I'm going to get up. They're like, shake it off. You're okay. And I was like, okay. And I continued and it was my longest ever road bike, uh, you know, duration of a workout. And then the run, I was like, okay, it's a 10 K I can do a 10 K. Even if I walk most of it, it's fine. Um, it was really hard. It was really hard. You're stacking one event after the next, after the next, um, you have to transition. Thank God they don't time you getting on your wetsuit. You start the race in your wetsuit. Then you swim, you get out of the water, you start peeling off that wetsuit, put on your sneakers or your clip-ins, you do the bike. I mean, I took a little, you know, I slowed down a little bit on the bike, had a little snack in one of my, um, you know, in, in my race kit and um, you just take it as it is, enjoy the surroundings. I try not to, you know, really kind of get, ton- some people I think can get tunnel vision when they're doing a race. They're so focused on the race. And then afterwards, even with my group of friends that I hang out with, I was like, oh, did you see that guy? He was wearing such a funny thing. Or did you see that person? I mean, in LA Marathon, you know, there's the, you know, the chili dog stand. Um, notorious. It's disgusting. I don't know why people do it, but there's the chili bit. Chili dogs. Um, you know, there's always people dressed up, you know, in basketball uniforms and they are dribbling basketballs the entire time. Like, did you see that? Yeah. Okay. If you didn't, maybe you should, you know, really kind of look in your surroundings. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you, you take the, the beauty of all these things together. You really appreciate the experience for what it's worth. I think that that is why you've been able to do these things so effortlessly. And, and, and the question I have for you now is that. It wasn't effortlessly. It's been hard. It's been hard. It's been challenging, but I think, I think I say that word only because there's so many people who make excuses for everything, right? They can find a number of ways and reasons to, to walk themselves, talk themselves out of doing anything. Um, even the things you listed, right? The bike, not having a wetsuit, not having this time to prep, haven't done it before, haven't practiced, whatever. One of those things is enough for someone to say, oh, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I, I realized that and just seeing so many people and train so many people and even seeing patients that a lot of people get fearful when it comes to facing these things because they don't want to fail. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid to not do well. They're afraid to go up there and, well, what if I don't do well? What if it doesn't go well? What if I don't finish it? And your whole mindset that I'm hearing for the last couple of minutes is that, who cares? You know, let's just go. To, uh, you'll never know until you try it. And I think that's that's what a lot of people just need to really hear that it's okay to go out there and, and maybe last in your age group. Last still means that you finished. Last still means you get a medal. Last still means that you went out there and said you were going to do it and you got that thing done. But I think a lot of people get so scared and so overwhelmed with, well, what if I don't? What if this? What if that? What's what if you that? do? Exactly. What if you do? And if you do, then you'll, you'll never know unless you try. So that's why I say it's effortless for you because that mindset for you is effortless. That's like a consistent theme that you've shared about your life. You're just like, you know what? Why not? What if I do? What if I, I do do a 5K? What if I do do more than a mile? What if I do do these things? And and you've done that, I think, effortlessly. So it seems. So. Yeah. I mean, um, 
Definitely. There are mantras. Some are sillier than others. Um, there's another podcast that I like to listen to marathon training Academy. And one of their big uh, mantras is I can do hard things. It's just a simple sentence. What is I can do hard things. I can do hard things. Me could be hill training. It could be doing some heavy weight workout, or it could just be signing up for the race or even more simple is just setting your alarm clock and actually getting out of bed when the alarm clock goes off. Yeah. All those things. And, That's real talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I know you're a PA, you're um, a mom's happy mother's day clearly to you and you. you've made fitness a part of your life. You've created this, this, this lifestyle for yourself where this is who you are. Um, what are some tips you can share with maybe some of the ladies, some of the mothers, even some of the men, we have a very high female audience base on this show. I looked at the stats the other day and 75% of our audience are female. And we're so uh, smart. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, no, you're a good guy to listen to. So obviously <laughs> we're going to get knowledge. Come on. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I want you to share any tips that you could about how you're balancing all these things. Because I think a lot of the um, things I've heard females say is that, look, I'm doing so many things. I'm busy doing this, that, and the third. I'm trying to find that balance between work and family and fitness. Um, and of course, you know, you also probably stress these things with your patients as well, trying to encourage them to be more fit because mm -hmm. the better they are for that, the, the less they have to come and actually see you. So, you know, what are some tips that you may share with, you, with, your, with your patients or with your, your, your other female friends, family, or anyone listening on the show right now about how to kind of balance all these things together? Um, first thing I would say, don't be afraid, um, just to make yourself and working out a priority and a commitment. Um, me working out is not something that happens by chance when I have time that would be left for other things that I do around the house. If I have time, I'll do X, Y, and Z, but I will always make time to work out. Um, I've been working a lot lately. Um, so it's really about planning my day around when am I going to work out? How much time do I have? And don't be discouraged if you can only do a half hour. I would say half hour is probably my um, smallest workout block um, just between commuting and getting ready for work and you know getting my scrubs on or whatever. Um, half hour. If you have a half hour, you can do something. And if you have a half hour, make it count. Um, you know, okay, great. Maybe I, maybe you can run, or maybe you know that's not going to be enough time for you because you have to. You know, you want to drink, you want to stretch. Okay, so half hour you can't run. Find something else. Um, I love now that there are so many free apps out there and YouTube channels and workouts that you can do. Good morning. I'll be right there, honey. I want to um, wear a hat. Yeah, sure. Hi, Sassy. Mommy time. Um, like, for example, this morning, set my alarm at, uh, what is it, 520, um, because this was a priority. I could easily have slept in and postponed meeting you and talking with you, but it was a priority for me and for my family. My family knows that mommy needs to work out. Wife needs to work out. PA needs to work out. This is my happy place. So for example, um, what I was saying about the apps and stuff, you can filter it and find an app that works for you. You don't have time to go to the gym. You don't have a gym membership. It's fine. Do you have a space on your floor? 
do any workout, even if you're just doing planks or spots or anything, you can make it work. Um, I have also, I have blown off social engagements because I'm, I want to work out. (laughs) I'm fine with that. I'm open to that. And I tell my friends, I'm sorry, I can't go out Saturday night. And they're like, oh, because of the kids. And I was like, no, I'm waking up Sunday morning to go run. I have a long run plan. They're like, okay, but you could still do it. I was like, no, I need to sleep. Um, And this is my priority right now. I'm training for a race or you know what? Sunday is my day. I have no other things going on. I don't have carpool. I don't have kids knocking at the door asking what they can eat for lunch. You know, it's my time. Um, And everybody knows it in my house, my friends and family. I mean, they might get offended that I blow them off, but in the long run, I'm taking care of myself. And um, with regards to being a mom, I would say raising independent children. Um, Obviously, my children love and care about me and I would do anything for them. But when I leave early morning for a workout, they can wake up. They know their routines, their expectations. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been doing this for a while and my kids have gotten older. So now uh, their responsibilities are, you know, bigger and things that they can do. They can independently get their breakfast ready. They can get dressed for work. I'm sorry, for school while I work out. And then I'll come in the house and say, okay, everyone's ready. Lunches are made. Let's go. They, it's not, it's not about what I can do for them. It's about what they can learn and do themselves. They're excited about the races. Um, they want to learn, um, when they see, uh, Ema, I see that, <laughs> which is mom. They're like, oh, you're wearing your workout clothes. How many miles are you doing today? What are you doing today? Oh, uh, dad drove us to school. Does that mean that you were doing a race this morning? Were you swimming in the ocean? They're excited. They're invested in it. They might not necessarily want to participate with me all the time. Um, speaking of Mother's Day, I have had the great idea of running 5Ks on Mother's Day. Uh, we've, done one in, uh, we've done one in Disneyland. And we did one in Universal Studios. So yeah, to me, a Mother's Day would, uh, would be waking up at four or five in the morning and going to a race line with my family. And then we'll come home and have brunch. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know I where else. It. I love it. I love it. Listen, we, you, you've basically, in a nutshell, described to me what Be More Today is and should be. Um, but when you hear that phrase, be more today, given all that you've been through, experienced, uh, seen, heard, and have now lived, when you hear that phrase, be more today, what does that be more today phrase mean to you? I would focus honestly on the word today. Um, do what you can today. Don't think about what happened yesterday. Try your best today. Um, every workout is not going to be your best. Every run is not going to be a PR. Every swim is not going to be the best. Sometimes you'll inch forward slowly. Um, and sometimes, you know, you didn't realize that you probably should have done two workouts back to back and now your legs are killing. Hey, but you're now in the pool. So you might as well swim. Okay. It's not going to be great, but just do it. Try your best in a safe environment. Um, and every day you have, you have the opportunity to just do a little bit more than you did yesterday, but keep in mind, you know, even if it didn't work out as planned, it's today, try your best and move on, um, and not really think about the past, um, with just going back to like my weight loss journey, which a lot of people that I live, you know, since we've been living here almost six years, don't even know. And I was like, no, this really frames how I live my life. 
Um, I mean, I still love food. When people, you know, I meet new people, they're like, what are your hobbies? I was like, well, working out and food. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, with my weight loss journey, obviously I've made a lot of changes, but I still enjoy food. I love cooking food. I love going out to eat, experiencing new cultures. Um, just focus, you know, and focusing on, on today and not looking back. I used to look back at an old picture, um, at a wedding that I went to, it was a wonderful time. And I was really happy at that. I mean, even when I was overweight, I was always happy. I knew that um, in my future that I would, you know, kind of turn things around. But in the moment, I wasn't like sitting there going, oh, I'm so, you know, chubby or, you know, like, oh, this is so bad. Let me just sit and eat more ice cream or something like that. I was always happy and active. I just knew eventually it would click. And I used to look back at this picture. I still actually have it saved. I took a picture of the picture because this was before digital pictures. Um, And I have it saved on my phone as a favorite. And I used to look back at it and be like, okay, Barbara, this is where you're coming from. Like, where are you? And I kind of stopped looking at it um, because it doesn't matter. Like, I'm doing things today. Um, You know what? In the past few years, the whole world has turned upside down. I had a whole plan of life and athletic things that I was going to do. And some things, I mean, it took a backseat. Um but just be more today is do what you can today. Try not to look back, try and look forward and try not to be too hard on yourself. You did what you did today. The workout wasn't great. You did it. You showed up. That's fine. I mean, a lot of the trainers and any of like these, uh, you know, recordings, they're like, you just showed up, you did the work. And it sounds kind of kitschy, but it's true. Like you just have to come try your best. It, maybe it's not your best in general, you know, the best you've ever done but it's the best effort that you could do today. Be happy with it. Barbara, what's next for you? What's next for you on a docket for, uh, for this year? Uh, what's next right now is getting my kids ready for school and carpool because I live in LA. So it's just 7am now. I've been up for many hours and I got to get them ready. Um, race wise, I'll probably start swimming in the ocean again. I'm not sure which triathlons to go into, but I'll probably do one maybe in the fall. And I will be back in New York, God willing, in November for New York City Marathon. Awesome. Awesome. We look forward to seeing you out there, cheering you on as always. Where can people follow you on social media or otherwise? I am on Facebook, Barbara Wiseman, um, but I think there are more than Bar- one Barbara Wiseman, but only one that looks like me. And then on Instagram, it would be Go Barb's Go, which is actually a riff on like a Dr. Seuss book. But anyways, it's just pretty much uh, as it sounds, no spaces or underscores or anything. Go Barb's Go. Um, and yeah, I post my... I don't know. I post what makes me happy. Um, I post workouts. I post workouts when they're great, when they're not so great. Um, because I mean, I, I would like to think that I'm special and I tell myself I'm special and I tell everyone around me that I'm awesome, but I don't have any superpowers. I mean, I do cause I'm a mom and a wife and a PA, but there's nothing that I do that's you know, the person next to me that I'm talking to my patients, they're like, Oh, but you've done this. I was like, no, just try it. I literally didn't start running till I was in my thirties. I never even thought 
that I could run, let alone run a half marathon, run a marathon. I never, never, I mean, I had a bucket list of things that I wanted to do when I was younger. Running and doing athletic events was not on it. it, was not even like a glimmer, a shine in the sky. I will tell you one of them, which I have still not figured out yet. I want to slam dunk. I know it's very silly. I think I'm just going to make the hoop a little bit lower, but growing up watching basketball with my dad, I just sit on the floor while he, you know, on the carpet and he's watching. I was like, Oh, these dudes are so cool. Like Charles Barkley. I want to do that. I want to slam dunk that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know exactly where my, my dad's house is and I would just sit on the carpet and watch him and he'd get all excited. But yeah, no, I never thought that I would be where I am today physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. But you never know. You never know unless you try. And when you said something about failure, I mean, everybody fails. It's fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I talk to your dad about basketball every single day. So hopefully we'll try <laughs> to get you to be able to slam dunk something at some point in time. But I appreciate you being on the show. You've been awesome. You've made episode 96 one for the books. So thank you so much. And look forward to seeing you in New York either before November or definitely during November for NYC Marathon. God willing, yes. Yes, absolutely. So folks, listen to what she said. So many poignant things, right? And I quote from today is basically in line with what she talked about. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. Go out there, be fearless. Don't be afraid to fail. Suck it up. And let's go out there and hit these things, right? No, no boundaries. Uh, fearless. The same way that Barbara Bison has lived her life continuously. You can do anything you put your mind to. So let's go out there and do it. As always, folks, follow today.com for my book, Swag Store, podcast, as always. If you have any questions for me or Barbara, email me directly at drshawn at bemoretoday.com or anything on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. As I always say, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. Peace from New York and L.A. Peace. your why. Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? See, most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here. Today. Are you finally ready to play? You got to decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action, just be better. 
Just be more. Be more today. You 